Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. And in just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. And we want to welcome you to week 19 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as always, encourage your friends and post links on your social media. Uh, Get the word out there because I believe that uh, we're just sharing some great things that can help you in your walk with Christ. And uh, we do appreciate all of you that have already done that. God bless you for doing that. Keep it going. Uh, Pastor Tommy, there are three ways uh, that uh, we're going to look at giving constructive criticism today. You know, it's kind of like, how can we be critical, but, you know, do it in a Christ-like way. So uh, maybe today we can help some people be critical with the least amount of fo- offense possible. You think it is uh, uh, able to do that today? We're going to try our best, aren't we? Yeah, I, I, I want to criticize a few things before we start, though. Are you going to do it constructively? I hope. We'll see <laughs> after we do this. We'll do it, and then we'll go back and see if I did. Yeah, I think this is going to be helpful, but let me ask you a question before we get started. Can I yes, ask you a question? Please. You've traveled some, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you a lived lot. overseas. Mm-hmm. You've, been on some, you've been on a few airplanes. Let me ask you a question. What is your least favorite part of travel? I hate the check-in. I, the check-in. I, the every All that that goes with that is just... You've had some pretty invasive searches. I have. It, uh, I just don't like it. I don't know why they pet, they they look at me and say, that guy, you got to get him. You look very suspicious. <laughs> I do. And, yeah. you know, it's just always that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that either. I, you know, what I don't like about travel is a whole lot of waiting. Mm, that's true, too. Right? I mean, if you fly anywhere... I mean, 99% of flying is waiting. It is. Right? You got to wait to check in. You got to wait through the security. You got to wait to pick up your bags when you arrive at wherever you're going. I mean, it's just all waiting, right? It's a lot of waiting. So, So I just got back from Cambodia a few days ago. And did you wait any? I waited quite a bit. I'll bet you. So, did. so on the way to Cambodia, we flew through China and we flew through Shanghai. Now, Shanghai is a pretty big city, mm. and Shanghai has a pretty big airport. And so, we arrived in Shanghai, I think three or four o'clock in the morning, which I thought was the ideal time to arrive at an airport. You know why? Nobody there, maybe. That's what I thought. There'd be mm-hmm. nobody there at three thirty or four o'clock in the morning. But I was sorely mistaken. There were a lot of people at the airport at four o'clock in the morning. So wow, I don't know. Every plane in the world landed at Shanghai on that morning at four o'clock. And so we got off the plane. There were other planes uh, uh, that had just arrived as well. And so when we walked in off the plane, we walked actually into the airport and and into the open area uh, to find out where we were going next. I mean, it was just a, a ton of people. And so what I discovered in the Shanghai airport is that they, out of all the airports I've been to, are probably one of the most inefficient airports I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> so there was like this, this this big group of people. They were just all That's standing around. And, and, and so just didn't know where to go. And finally, we found a line and got in a line to kind of figure out what the next step was. There was The line must have been 100, 150 people in the line. We waited 15 or 20 minutes to get to the front of the line. And when we got to the front of the line, there was... Um, you know, someone working there, and she looked at my passport, looked at my boarding pass, and all she did, there were two doors. Mm-hmm. She pointed to the door I was supposed to go through and said, go through that door. That was it. That was it. I mean, my thought was, 
they could invest in some signs. It seems to me they right? could. Right, just put a sign. If you're going this way, go through this door. If you're going this way, go through that door. That could eliminate it, that comp- whole line, right? And so we went through that line, and then we went through three or four other lines. There were lots of different lines we had to go through that just made no sense. I mean, I don't even know why they had the lines. We just waited in lines for the sake of waiting in lines. And so what happened is when we finally boarded the plane uh, to go to Cambodia after we had been in Shanghai for however long it was and going through all those lines, you know what I did? I have no idea. I started criticizing the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? I looked at my buddy who traveled with me and said, man, this is the worst airport in the world. And then when we arrived in Cambodia and I met with some people there and I talked to others about our traveling experience, I said, man, let me tell you about the worst airport in the world. And so since that time, I've told quite a few people about the worst airport in the world. You're pretty critical. I'm pretty critical. But the reality is, even though I've criticized that airport over and over again now, it hasn't really changed anything. Hmm. Right, I mean, it's still a pretty inefficient airport. My criticism hasn't All changed. All your criticism, you know, it hasn't changed it a bit. And not only that, but every time I criticize it and think about it, you know what it does inside of me? It did disrupts your life. It makes me a little bit angry that I even went there at all, right? So so it does me no good to criticize, and it also does the airport no criti- no good for me to criticize it because I can't change it. It just is what it is, right? And you think about criticism, and we all have a tendency to uh, give negative mm. criticism, right? Criticism that, at, in the big scheme of things, doesn't help anybody. If anything, it hurts. We all have a tendency to give that kind of criticism, and we live in a world where it seems like all we do from time to time is criticize, right? You been on social media lately? Uh, there's a little bit of criticism on that if right, that's where you're right. going so, with so that. So here's I what mean, I've noticed about always. social media, about Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is that you, you go to to see what's going on in the world. So what I'll notice is that when somebody has a bad day, right, somebody cuts them off in traffic or they didn't get their there order right at the Chick-fil-A or whatever the case may be, what happens when you go on social media? You've got to criticize and let everybody know about the bad experience that you had at a particular business, restaurant, in traffic, whatever the case may be. It seems like, you know, social media has just become our place to go and criticize everything we don't like about life. And they always started by saying, I'm going to vent. I'm going to vent. Yeah, like as if that excuses it. Right, if you, you know. just use those words, I just have to vent a bit. That makes everything you're going to say afterwards okay, right? Well, that's what they think. <laughs> so, I don't so, know if that's right or not. but So, so yeah, so criticism is a, is a problem. We talked about in our last podcast how it can be difficult to receive criticism, mm-hmm. right? That we, we struggle to receive criticism well, and sometimes criticism that comes towards us is negative, and it is hurtful, and so how do we handle that? And today we really want to focus in on how we give criticism in a way that is constructive, beneficial, and helpful, because really the reality is, is that we tend to be a people who uh, criticize in a more negative fashion than in a helpful fashion. And, and just a couple of things we get started, Trey, and, and you know these things like I do. Ne- negative criticism is never the outflow of a loving heart. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Right? When I talked about the airport and that experience, it wasn't because I love the airport, right? It was because I'm mad about the airport. Mm-hmm. I want it to be better. So negative criticism always flows out of a negative heart. Negative Not a loving heart, heart but a negative heart, mm-hmm. right? And negative criticism, especially towards people, it's, it's often aimed at the person and doing them harm rather than it is aimed at helping the person be better. So a lot of times we're just trying to bring them a little lower, I yeah. guess. Trying I, to I make think, them Right. Oftentimes the goal of our negative criticism isn't to help and build up. It really is to hurt. Mm. Wow. So how do we change it? Yeah, that's what we need to do today. We need to find out what we can do to make that better. Yeah. So what are we talking about? All right. Well, we're going to be talking about three ways that we can... Uh, 
we can give this uh, what we call constructive criticism. Constructive or helpful or good criticism. And so, uh, number one, uh, before you criticize, and this would seem obvious, but check your motivation. Check your motivation. Okay, so we need to look at a passage of Scripture to help us think through this. You ready? Yeah. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. This is probably the most famous verse in all of the Bible. John 3.16 and Matthew 7.1, I would say. So I would say among believers, John 3.16 is probably the most famous verse. But among non-believers... Right? You're Matthew probably right. Matthew 7, verse 1. Yeah. Non-believers will quote this to you all the time. Listen to what it says. Judge not that you be not judged. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. heard that. You've heard that a few times, right? You'd be sharing the gospel so, with somebody, and immediately those words come out of the mouth. Judge not, because what we, when we quote that verse, what we're saying when we quote that verse oftentimes is, don't judge my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This verse gives me freedom to live however I want. Judge not, lest you be judged. Right, but listen to what it says. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So, Trey, let me ask you a question. When Jesus says these words, is he saying to us, you should never criticize? I I don't see that. I I think it, uh, you know, I've always used this idea that, um, God is, God is our judge, mm-hmm. and, and so we we are responsible to him. But on the other side of that, that ought to make me shake a little bit yeah, <laughs> if yeah. God is my judge. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, criticism is, is, a, is an important part of helping someone grow. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think in this passage what Jesus is reminding us is that at the end of the day, who is the ultimate judge? It's God. God. Yeah. We will all stand before God and give an account of our lives. Mm-hmm. This might surprise you, Trey, but at the end of time, no one is going to stand before you and give an account for their lives. Wow. That's you just know unbelievable. That? Isn't, isn't that it? unbelievable? And no one's going to stand before me and give an account for how they lived their lives, right? But we will all stand before a holy and mm-hmm. righteous God and give an account of our lives. Exactly. So so I think you know Jesus is reminding us of who the ultimate judge is. We're going to stand before God. He is the judge. You are not. And so, so here's the reality that every single one of us, we have a standard Mm -hmm. and we all want people to live up to our standard, whatever that is, whatever that is. Yeah. I I think that life should go this way and you should live up to the way that I think life should go. I think that you should do this and you should live up to that standard. We all have a standard and we want people to live up to our standard. And when people don't live up to our standard, what do we typically do? We criticize. That's when we start giving the criticism. Yep. You didn't do it my way. You didn't do it the way that I thought was best. You didn't do it the way that that I would have done it. We criticize because people don't live up to our standard, but people aren't called to live up to my standard, nor are they called to live up to your standard. They're called to live to God's standard. You know, I think so much of it's cultural-based. I, I remember being in Swaziland, and I did, the, I did the unpardonable sin while I was there. I filled up my vehicle with my left hand. That's a no-no? With gasoline. You're supposed to do your right you hand. cannot use your left hand for anything mm. and i didn't know it and i was criticized i was told i couldn't come back to that gas yeah. station and you know we have those sort of things too in our culture we sure as do. well we sure do and it's not even based on biblical reasoning right. you know we sure do and so, if somebody offends our standard we have mm-hmm. a tendency to criticize so that's their down. standard we have our standard right. 
But we have to ask the question, is this a biblical standard, you know? Right. So that's the question. What is God's standard? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, people will not stand before you for judgment. So people aren't called to live to your standards, but they are called to live to God's standards. And so when we are getting ready to, to give that word of criticism, stop, back up, check your motivation. Are you trying to get someone to live up to your standard mm-hmm. or do you want to see them live up to God's standard? So Trey, do you like to listen to rap music? No. You're not a fan. I'm not a rap. I'm not a rap music. But you person. are familiar with Kanye West, right? I, I understand what's going on. So, with him. so right now, Kanye West is all the rave. He's in the news because he had a conversion. Right. He well, came to faith in Jesus Christ. What do you think about that? With I, his conversion I think praise God. Wow. I mean, okay. I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I really hope that that he's found Jesus and he walks faithfully with the Lord. But if you've watched social media, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of criticism of Kanye West, hasn't there? Yeah. And I don't even know why. I guess I don't know him enough to know why but i'm just astounded yeah. by all the criticism yeah. and i'm saying what has a man done yeah Are we criticizing him yet a so. lot of criticism wondering is his faith genuine did he have a genuine mm-hmm. conversion experience because after all he's not talking like i would talk he's not doing what i would do and so there's a lot of criticism and a lot of and, and i guess rightly so because he is in a, a very public position in the eyes of everyone and we want him to get it right for the sake of the gospel but man there's just a lot of criticism over him because of his newfound mm-hmm. faith, right? Leave the boy alone. Yeah, I agree. Pray for him. I agree completely. Let's, let's hope that that you know the gospel takes root in his life and he becomes the man of God that God has designed him to be. But but I, I think all of that goes exactly to what we're saying here that that even as Christians we have a standard that we want people to live to, and if people aren't living to our standard, not saying it like we want them to say it or doing it like we want them to do it, then we're going to cast some stones. We're going to criticize. And so so I, I think just the helpful instruction is before you criticize, before you speak, check your motivation. Who's Mm -hmm. standard are you really wanting people to live up to your own self-imposed standard or the standard that god has set in his word well if you look at kanye west he's he's living such a public life and always has obviously you know so i wonder if we were put in that public position if we we too would not be criticized Mm -hmm. on the same level that he's criticized it just makes me wonder so that leads me to number two because before we criticize we should evaluate ourselves yes First, check your motivation. Whose standard are you wanting people to live up to? And second, check yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Jesus says here. I mean, he's not telling us to never make judgment. I mean, we, we know that, right? There are times in our lives as Christians that we have to make some judgments. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have two boys. I have to make some judgments about the kinds of things that I'm going to allow them to consume. I have to make some judgments about the kind of people that I'm going to allow them to be around. I have to make some judgments, right? There's no getting around that. But what Jesus is saying now, before you judge, before you criticize, before you, 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 you point out a flaw in somebody else, what should you do? Look, look to yourself. Look inside. Yeah. I mean, we constantly want to fix other people. Mm-hmm. We constantly want to fix the flaws of others, but we rarely want to fix our own flaws. Oh. We're pretty well perfect, us and Jesus. Right. And so what Jesus, well, we think we are, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And so what Jesus says is, hey, before you point the finger at somebody, before you criticize, look inward, look at the log in your own eye, remove it so that you can see the speck in someone. And that's a pretty interesting analogy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because what Jesus is saying is that there's probably a bigger problem in you than there is in the person that you want to criticize. Exactly. A log is much bigger than a speck, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's huge. But we have a tendency to make specks into logs. Mm. You've done that, haven't you? Because oh, I know I have. Oh, heavens, yes. There's been something minuscule, something that probably isn't even worth mentioning 
in the life of somebody else. That I've made a big deal about completely ignoring the huge sin problems I have in my own life. And actually, by having that attitude, that in and of itself can be the huge log in our, in our exactly own eyes. Exactly right. And, and so I think for me, if I would notice the log in my own eye, mm-hmm. one, not only would I desire to remove it, but two, if I would just notice the log in my own eye, I'd probably shut up about a lot of the things I want to criticize. <laughs> I never thought about that, but I think you're you know? right. Yeah. I mean, because some of the things that we want to criticize over aren't worth criticizing at all. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth me wasting the time talking about how bad the Shanghai airport was. Mm-hmm. It's just is what it is, right? It is what it is. It's not worth me going to social media and ranting about the bad experience I had at the restaurant. It's just what it is. It happened. Get over it, right? It's just not worth the time and effort to rant about it. They're probably not going to call you and say, Tommy, what can we do to, to make this better? Probably not. I'm probably not going to get a free meal. And I don't even know want a free meal, but that's probably not going to happen. So a lot of the things that I want to criticize, it's not worth wasting my breath over. And when I recognize my own flaws, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that really doesn't minimize my desire to even want to criticize because I am deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing you've always, always preached and has been such a blessing to me is that we have to demonstrate grace. Mm. You know, to when when people go through these things, we have to demonstrate grace. Right. And we always want people to demonstrate grace toward us. Yeah. But yet we're not willing to demonstrate that same grace That's toward exactly other right. people. You and know? a lot of times demonstrating grace is just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I would agree. Just moving on. Yeah. Move so on, so let it go. I think Jesus is real clear, right? That before you criticize, evaluate yourself. What are the flaws in yourself that need to be fixed? Don't worry about everybody else's flaws. Mm-hmm. You've got plenty of flaws yourself that you need to be working on and asking the Spirit of God to help you to uh, to remove. And so work on you. Let the Spirit work on you before you start working on somebody else. So we, we're going to check our motivation. We're going to evaluate ourselves and then we need to establish some goals. Maybe uh, before we criticize, establish the right goal. Yeah. Yeah. So while we've said check yourself, and while we've said you know uh, check our motivation, uh, the reality is there are some times that we need to speak truth in the lives of somebody else. Mm-hmm. We need to do some constructive criticism, and so just establishing the right goal when you do it right. And so, so I think a helpful passage of scripture is Galatians chapter six, verse one. In Galatians six one, Paul says, "Brothers, if anyone is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual, spiritual, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted." So, what do you notice about that verse? That's significant, Trey. Well, the main thing is is that. Um we better watch out what we say because we could fall. Yeah, so ourselves. he says, right, keep watch on yourself. We just talked about mm-hmm. that, right? And yeah. In Matthew 7, when Jesus said, take the log of your own eyes, uh, Paul uh, gives the same idea. Keep watch on yourself because you too could fall. I mean, we are all one bad decision away from making mm-hmm. a, a really big mistake in our lives. But it's also about restoration. But it's we're, about restoration, we're looking, right? We're restoring them. And so look at what he says. He says, you who are spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think Paul is saying to us, now listen, before you criticize, before you speak into somebody's life, make sure you're a man of God. Make mm-hmm. sure you're a woman of God. Make sure you're walking with Jesus so you can speak some spiritual truth into that life of that person. And when you speak that spiritual truth, speak it to help that person be restored. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're to, trying to, to build them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so negative criticism brings people down. Negative criticism tears people up. Negative criticism hurts people, but helpful criticism or constructive criticism, rather, should be helpful for people, Mm -hmm. builds them up, right? I agree. So the goal is when we criticize, when we begin to talk to people about their own flaws that we need to address sometimes, the goal is always to restore them, to help them see the truth, and to help them to learn how to walk faithfully with Jesus. Uh, Exactly. And I think when we correct people, 
you know, we need to have uh, what what I always say, demonstrate Christ likeness. Right. It's not that Jesus didn't criticize because he did. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was it was a little a little on the harsh side. Right, right. And he was always harsh with seemed to be the religious people. You know, um, so he was able to then with that criticism build people up. Yeah. The, the yeah, idea you was even restoration. Think about with some of his harshest criticism. To the Pharisees, for example, mm-hmm. he had some harsh words for the Pharisees. But don't you think what Jesus wanted was for those Pharisees to come to a place of repentance? Of course, he did. Absolutely. Of Even course. in those harsh words, there was restoration. He wanted to see them restored to the God of all creation. If and, you will come to me. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that we need to be harsh in our words, but I mean, sometimes speaking the truth is harsh, right? I mean, it's just getting down to it. Hey, you need to consider this and you need to consider uh, how you're living before God, mm-hmm. right? That, that's tough to give sometimes. So, so it's, just, it's just a few things where we close our time together. One, when you give criticism with that goal of restoration in mind, one, do it quickly. There you go. If you see something that needs to be addressed in the life of somebody else, address it. I think the word we use that's kind of opposite of that, don't let it fester. That's don't let it fester, yeah. right? Right. What what you don't want to do is go to somebody and say, hey, six months ago, you did this, and it was hurtful. <laughs> oh, if you've waited six months, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, that's, yeah, I right? agree. If, if somebody has hurt you or if you need to speak into somebody's life, do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? Not only do it quickly, but do it privately. You don't have to go on social media and blast somebody for what they said to you. Take it to that person. If somebody has offended you, Take it to them. And we've almost set a different standard. It's almost like if you're not going to stand up for what's right, you know, then, yeah. you know, and then do it so everybody sees it. But we don't always need to do that, no, do we? Just go to the person that you need to talk to about whatever it is, whether they've offended you or whether there's a sin you see in their lives that you want to help them to mm-hmm. work through. Go to them privately and talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Don't air their dirty laundry in front of everybody else, right? And, and, and do it redemptively. Again, that's the same idea as, as with restoration. We want to see people uh, growing in Christ's likeness. The goal is to see them redeemed, restored in their fellowship with the Lord, right? And, and do it confidentially. I mean, it goes along with privately, right? That Do it confidentially. I mean, it's nobody's business but you and that person you're mm-hmm. talking to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spread to everybody else. And do it with an abundance of grace. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, we go to people because of what they have, how we have to remember how we've been treated by, yeah. by our own savior. That's right. And then go to, and, and other people have poured yeah. into our lives and said, you know what you could, you could do so much better if, right. Uh, you know, when I, when I criticize, I, I've kind of gone the opposite way. And so I, I want to be, when I criticize to do all these things, but I saw also like to be clear what mm. I'm saying. That's right. Because yeah. sometimes I want to let it go. I just yeah. want to say, "Oh, I thought I talked talked about that, and I didn't." So there are times that you just need to be very clear. You know, this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This is what what I what I have struggled with in the yeah. past. I like like to use myself as an example. Yeah. You know, I had an issue with that or whatever it is, yeah. and then this is how I got through it. That's right. And um, just be very specific yeah. and clear. I know for me, some of my greatest seasons of growth has been when a brother in Christ has come to me privately and said, hey, Tommy, you really have screwed this up, but mm. let me help you to figure it out, and let me walk with you through mm-hmm. this. They gave me some good, strong, harsh criticism, truth, that mm-hmm. I needed to hear, but did in a way that was gentle, compassionate, loving and gracious and really helped me. Those have been some of the defining moments in my life when people criticized me well. So when we criticize, I think we need to do it with grace, as we said, but those three steps that we're going to take are we're going to check our motivation. We're going to evaluate ourselves. We're going to establish the right goals. That's exactly right. And when we do those things and we use those quick little practical guidelines, quickly, privately, redemptively, confidentially, 
and with grace, I mm-hmm. just think it makes a huge difference. That's exactly right. So, Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us out for today and uh, encourage our people to keep listening. Yeah, we hope that this has been helpful for you today, and we hope that uh, as you are in relationships with other people, that you will speak the truth in love and that you will treat others in the same way that you want to be treated. Hey, let's do a good job. Let's do a better job. Of, of using our words in a way that are constructive and helpful for other people. We hope that this has been helpful for you, and we hope that, that you will take the time, if you have not already, and subscribe to this podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Uh, so take a moment to do that. Uh, share it on social media and all your favorite places that you can share it. And, and as always, we hope that this episode has helped you connect faith to life. <laughs>